0: So two, the Body Smart Podcast. Hiya! Hello. I'm Gemma, and you are. And I'm Jamie. We're no Jim today.
1: No Jim gym today. Jim's busy. Jim's busy. Very so it's, busy. It's
0: pretty much going to be me and thee, isn't it? Me and you. It
1: is me and you. And, and maybe some
0: guests in the future. For sure. Oh yeah, very exciting. If but, you're
1: listening, reach out.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh yeah, what what like for actual people to come on and be interviewed? Yeah. I'm not thought of that.
1: Well, why not?
0: That's a great idea. <laughs> You're full of good ideas. You are. Well, thank you. <laughs> and uh, today is going to be all about you.
1: It is, un- unfortunately. Fortunately, no. Maybe. Don't say unfortunately. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to be nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay, right, okay. Okay. No, we'll go in. We'll go in.
0: So you are the face.
1: I am. Of body I am, I smart am.
0: fitness. Mm-hmm. And the body. A little bit. As well. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> are you an influencer?
1: Oh my god! Someone. <laughs> Someone went to my girlfriend, Steph, the other day, they were like, what does your boyfriend do? And she was like, they were like, he's an influencer. And she was like, no, he's not. <laughs> and I was like, thank you for defending that because Jesus, you know, it's just, there's obviously a hell of a lot more that goes into running a successful business than uh, than just putting a few posts on social media. Um, which actually, A few posts? A few posts. Do you mean
0: thousands?
1: Thousands and thousands of posts, yeah. But um, yeah. I think I've only actually put about five or six topless photos on our page out of like a couple of thousand, which is... We'd have should. had miles
0: more followers uh, if you'd have got naked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've just got that one naked photo on the toilet, haven't I? Oh, yeah. That should we explain co- that? Causes a lot of controversy, doesn't it?
0: But that, I think that's what's good about you. You're not afraid to put yourself out there. You're also not afraid to tackle subjects that... And let's be honest, in fact, when I first trained with you six mm-hmm. years ago, you were the first personal trainer who asked me the question, what are your poos like?
1: And I was like, <laughs> what? what? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm probably one of the the few guys that spoke to a lot of our uh, clients who's the first man who spoke to them openly about the menstrual cycle. Yeah. And and just, it's like, for, you see it when I've had like Zoom calls with them, their faces just take them back like this is weird, but you understand and get it. And it's making more sense than maybe I know about my menstrual cycle. So no, yeah, we're not, it's all part of your health, isn't it? Having a healthy menstrual cycle or un- being self-aware around certain parts of your cycle, really, really important. Um, having a great poo, really, <laughs> really important, you know, part of yeah. healthy digestion and health, uh, healthy bowels. So no, we're not, we're not scared of, of, of talking about stuff that matters because it's your health at the end of the day and that does matter.
0: And if you haven't seen that picture, definitely head to Body Smart Fitness on Instagram. Scroll back. And okay. there's, there's a to, picture. Two disclaimers:
1: him. I am, I am, I am naked, but you don't see anything. Right. Um, and people have said they were scared about swiping because they thought they would see my poo, and you don't. You <laughs> see the Bristol Stool Chart, which is what nurses use and show yeah. people patients when they come in. And I get um, it's good. It's a good post. Very informative. You'll learn a lot.
0: Anyway, moving on from poo, because this has been like the first few minutes of this podcast we're talking about poo. Let's talk about you from okay. poo to you. Okay. Jamie Moran. Hello. We had a little chat the other day and I learned things. I've known you for six years and I learned mm-hmm. things about you the other day that I'd never knew before. Mm-hmm. And so I went, oh, this would make a great podcast episode. So I've saved it and I've got some questions for you. Fire away. I want you to go back in time to when you were at primary school mm-hmm. in Year Five, which for our American listeners is fourth grade. Yes. So you would have been nine or ten. You'd have turned ten in mm-hmm. the November of mm-hmm. Year Five. What was life like then?
1: School was challenging for me. Um, I was dyslexic, but didn't know it at the time, so I struggled. I struggled taking a lot in. Reading books, for me, wasn't a great way of absorbing information and did struggle with i was in a lot of sports and sports teams where they get bullied pretty badly i was getting a lot of fights in school after school um and yeah it was it was a challenging hard time and it got that bad that i actually used to make myself sick to stay off school so i used to do i'd make myself vomit i'd used to suck my arm so marks mm. would go on it and um my mum used to do like the meningitis test, which was like, you'd roll a glass over it. And if you could see the mark through the glass, that was like, it's bad. Yeah. But it did that. And I caught on to that. So I'd just play up. And it was because school was that challenging for me. Like I didn't, I was that unhappy going into school, so I was doing these type of things to stay off. So um, yeah, year five <laughs> and uh, being in that school at that time was tough. It was really tough at that point.
0: And um, wh- at what point did your mum and dad kind of go, oh, this is an issue and a problem?
1: Um, when I was staying off for, you know, prolonged periods of time, um, I'm really fighting back about going into school and just coming back and being, you know, miserable with just arguments that were going on with kids or, you know, you had a lot of kids who were quite witty and I just wasn't. So, you know, when you get into like arguments or, you know, you're having like spaffs with people, if you just didn't, if you weren't good at giving shit back basically as a kid more people had side with the other person because they'd just laugh at you, you know, because you, yeah. were, you were leftist, or a bit stupid. So, you know, that, there was a lot that, that was going on and then that led some of that led to violence because you'd say some things back and violence being just like fights on the playground or fights after school and, you know, things used to always get hyped up in school. Oh, So-and-so was going to have a fight after school and everyone would gather around and a lot of pressure, a lot of social anxiety and, you know, not a, not a great place for me. I wasn't in a, in a, in a happy place at that point.
0: Did your teachers help at all?
1: um i think they just maybe see me more as like a, a bit of a reckless underachiever you know what i mean i was a little bit you know i was answering back to teachers and probably not being the best student because i didn't know so mm. that was the only way i kind of well i don't know how to study these books and i i'm, I'm struggling with my exams but if i've if i've for answer back to the teacher they'll kick me out of the class and when I don't have to deal with that. So it was just it was me just yeah. trying to navigate through school at that time. Um and yeah, you know, it was it, it was tough, yeah.
0: And your mum realized this.
1: And my mum, my mum and dad, yeah. Yeah.
0: Who was it who, they they sent you, didn't they, to another school for like a trial day?
1: So yeah, my uh, my uncle worked in a in a school um called St Mary's. And he was a teacher there and he said, you know, why don't we get Jay to come that? Because I think my dad had spoke to him and said, look, he's, he's really unhappy. Why don't you come down and, and do a trial day in in, uh, in St. Mary's? So I went down and um, I went to this, you know, done a day. It was a fr- on a Friday. It wasn't half the day is, is spent doing sports um, on like the sports field or sports afternoon or whatever else. And uh, I went and it was, it was a great day. You know, all the kids were really, you know, nice, warm and welcoming. Um, and then on the afternoon, you know, we done a, uh, like we done sprints and they had a, there was a guy called Rob Anderson and he was known as like the fastest, fastest kid in the school. And we ran a hundred meter race and I beat him. So like instantly I'm like first day in this new school, I've like, oh, everyone's like raving and ranting because I've just beat this kid. And I'm like the new new kid on the block and stuff. And I think I just come back and I was like electric after school. I'd learned loads. I was talking about all these people I'd met. I felt, you know, was in such high spirits. And I think my mum and dad at that point went, look, we've got to we've got to get get Jay out of this school and and move him to that other one. Um, And I did. And it was, you know, within two weeks of being there, they asked me to go for a dyslexic test, found out I was dyslexic um, and started sending me for like extra tuition on like a Thursday morning and a Saturday morning, which helped. I I had a bigger lisp than I have now. I didn't know how to pronounce certain words, learned how to read a little bit better. I used to read and skip words and, and that type of stuff. So... Um, it did it made a really really big difference and I think within three or four weeks of being there I was in the athletics team and won like a, a load of gold medals on a plaque I think I showed you the, the picture the and other in day in fact
0: <laughs> We should. For those yeah. people who are watching this mm-hmm. on YouTube, if you're listening, you'll yeah. have to find this on YouTube. We will flash up now this newspaper article <laughs> which you sent me, yeah. which is a picture of you yeah. in your St. Mary's school uniform. Because we should point out, actually, you missed mm-hmm. a part of that story. St. Mary's is a private school which private you have to school. pay for. Yes. yeah. And your mum and dad were so determined to yeah. help you because you were so unhappy. They were like, we've got to make this work.
1: And, and you know, it's... what. That wasn't, that wasn't an easy decision for them to make. I think, I think they put themselves in a, you know, precarious financial situation to make that happen. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think you've got your, your child, like I'm not a parent, but when you've got your child coming home that miserable that they've, you know, you know, struggling with school, struggling with other kids. Uh, struggling academically getting bullied there's fights going on there's all that pressure trying to stay off school and then i come back off this one day and i'm just electric and mm-hmm. i've got all these names and of all these new kids and i was just enjoying it so much they were just like we're, we're gonna make this happen so um
0: but this newspaper yeah. article what i love about it he so i was like oh look <laughs> at you you're in your, your lovely saint mary's uniform yeah. you've got this big shield <laughs> and trophies and it says he's only been in the school a matter of weeks and has gone from zero to hero yeah. And I love the fact that is it your mum? She's highlighted the quote from the head teacher mm-hmm. at the bottom, because she's obviously yeah. really proud at that yeah. point. But yeah, and and that's what you do as a parent. You mm-hmm. want you want the best for your kids. Mm-hmm. So that's school. And of course your mum and dad, like you say, put themselves in a financial position to do that because you are the eldest child of four. Of four, yeah. And got you've got three, three
1: sisters. Three younger sisters, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads
0: me beautifully, yeah. nicely onto, you know, we spoke about this in the first episode, why coach women? Because of Body mm-hmm. Smart Fitness, you only coach women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned there that you've got your three sisters. And your three cousins, three female cousins and your mum's sister as well. So it was a house full of women.
1: And my mum's got two other sisters as well. So (laughs) (laughs) And one of them's got a daughter. So yeah, a lot of women. A lot of girls. A lot of girls, a lot of women, yeah.
0: What was that like growing up as the eldest, the boy in a house full of women?
1: (laughs) Well, I I kept wondering why my dad used to just disappear when when my two aunties (laughs) had come round and there'd be another... what six women in the house on top of my mom and my three sisters so um yeah it was it was interesting a lot of a lot of a lot of everything i used to just honestly just try and lock myself away and play my xbox and like leave me alone but um yeah spent a lot of time with 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 just spent a lot of my early years around a lot of women um,
0: what did you notice
1: oh god i don't know what to say
0: talk about the times when we were chatting the other day where the girls would be getting ready to go out what was that like
1: (laughs) so a little bit yeah being a little bit older when we all started you know people like going out or you going to parties and that type of stuff i mean you know with even my cousins and with my sisters there was just always this you know really like negative self-talk before they go out because they put a dress on and it wouldn't fit the way they would want it to like grabbing the fat and they screaming at my mom this doesn't fit me the way I want to why I'm, the, I'm so fat I'm so this for me you know I think they're all they're all in a lot better shape than they were then but they're also a lot older now but they weren't fat in my eyes at all but that's what they seen and when they put certain clothes on it was like world war three and they'd be robbing clothes off each other and that would cause murder my mom almost was like a counsellor and a coach just to be like no you look great you know your hair is this you, do this, you know all that type of stuff but it was it was it was really like hard to hear them talk about themselves like that, you know what I mean? And it and it was such a drama before they'd go out every time, you know, just trying to find the right thing that would fit, or this doesn't fit me, or that doesn't do this, or I've gained, you know, whatever Ellison used to come into my room and I'd just be super honest. I they always <laughs> knew they were gonna get an honest, honest opinion of me. So you know we'd come in and I'd be like, no, I just be like, I don't know why you're wearing that. You know what I mean? And they just be like, well, Jamie said this is it. You know what I mean? They walk off and they try something else on. You know, and then sometimes I'll be like, it's too short that you can't wear it. And he'd be like, perfect, I'm going out. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of that going on. And, um, you know, it was, it was, that went on for years. You know what I mean? That wasn't just something that happened like once, one weekend. That went on for years and just constantly, you know, hearing it and seeing it. And, um
0: well, I know eventually you ended up helping them, which we'll come on to in a second, because mm. I want to rewind a little bit. Okay. Where did your love affair with exercise start? Apart, You know, you talked about being fast and beating, was mm. it Rob Anderson?
1: Rob Anderson. Do you still
0: know him, by the way? <laughs> Is he still your mate?
1: Um, we're Facebook friends. Oh. I haven't spoken to him in a long time.
0: Rob Anderson, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> part of Jamie's yeah. success story. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for s- growing up, what was it like? Like where did you find that love of exercise and fitness in the gym?
1: So always, you know, loved sports and played a lot of sports and was big into exercise and in that in that in that sort of way, you know, through teams. Um, but I think, you know, something that come home was probably when I was like 11, 12, in the summer holidays in the UK, there's no there's never really any sports on, you know, the football stops, the rugby stops. Mm um there isn't too much on so when you have this six week break over the summer holidays um there isn't too much on um and at the same time like xbox had just come out and i think xbox live had come out so i was just like addicted to playing halo and just all that type of stuff and um you know after about a week or two i would get like very irate angry irritable nasty moody um I don't know, just like all the worst traits that you can think, basically. I just wasn't a a great person to be around. And, you know, literally two weeks prior when I was in school, I had, you know, rugby practice one night, football practice one night, games on a weekend. There was loads going on. I mean, I've just gone from that, which was just being active pretty much every day, you know, seven days a week doing something to doing nothing you mm. know and after like seven to ten days two weeks i just turned into this person my mum was just like what's wrong with you you know you're just this little bratty horrible boy what's happened you know so she'd just be like look get outside go for a run you need to go and blow off some steam and uh, i would have gone run and she'd be like don't come back if you're not back you know if you don't come back for at least an hour so i'd just go and run and i just would run as far as i could and then i'd Realise I had to run back (laughs) 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 and then uh, then I get back and uh, like the transformation was almost like instant I was just like happy upbeat I was like dancing around I was fooling around I was just being you know really optimistic I was you know just my mom was like what's what's happened to you you're literally like a different person And I think she noticed that and uh, you know looking back that was she she allowed me to become self-aware at a really young age that i need to exercise you know i need to exercise for my physical health but so much for my mental health to just not be that person um and you know that wasn't easy over the you know the next couple of years you'd still end up in a bit of a rut with just not training or not doing things but she would just like get outside or go and do something or go to the gym go exercise um and I would you know and and I think it really from a very young age made me self aware that this is something that that really does need to be a non-negotiable for me uh for my own sanity you know what mm. I mean and it really really does and it does it allows me to show up my best every day for for myself but also for everyone else around me business clients and everyone else and uh you know still to this day if um it, it, it's almost like directly related to how much i move like if i was super active and walking every day it probably wouldn't bother me as much um but if i'm spending days where i need to say this word right send, send tree.
0: sedentary <laughs>
1: sedentary <laughs> if i'm being more sedentary and i'm not i'm not doing you know not moving as much and not exerting anything it's as if it's almost like a bottle filling up and the the fill, the more it gets it I, I struggle to rationalize things it's weird and uh, I just naturally become more negative, I fidget more, I'm, I'm more irritable. I'm not as productive. So yeah, my mom, you know, gave me gave me that gift of being self-aware about that's just something I need to do from a very young age. And um, like I said, to this day, it's still something that I do have to manage very, very closely.
0: You are talking there about your mom sending you out for a run. Mm-hmm. I want you to take us back to the first time you went and lifted weights because that's like the man thing to do, yeah. isn't it?
1: Well, my my dad had a, they had a two flower shops, and my dad's like a oh, man's man, and he's like lifting weights isn't building real muscle, you know. It's <laughs> like it's like shoveling dirt and picking up water but, uh, buckets and stuff because he used to. He used to have like big biceps and big arms and he used to be, he's like never lifted a weight in my life. He used to take <laughs> a lot of pride in that, you know, I'd just pick up four buckets of water and he'd walk them up from the cellar and put them out on the front and, you know, but anyway, he, he said, he, he, I think he wanted to maybe do a but of father-son bond, father, bonding. So we started going to the gym together and um, I was about 15, I think at the time, and uh we went, we went a couple of times and I think he he didn't really like to stick uh, stick at it too much. We went a couple of times and it got stronger. It was nice. I think when I first went, i done a dip and I could do like half. And the next time we went, the next day I could do a dip. And the next time we could do three dips mm. and just getting stronger every time. And it was like addictive, you know, like just every time you could get that little bit better, that little bit better. Um, but then there was another lad in in my school and uh, we started going to the gym together. We went to Fitness Connection when we were about 15 and um, we started going after school and we get the train down and uh, we do do this training session and we do the same workout every day. It was like a 20 minute run. It was like bench press, squats, rows, this, but we'd always finish on 20 minutes of abs because having a six pack <laughs> was like the thing, you know, like if you have a six pack, that's it. And um, so we did, you know, like from a, you know, we were doing 20 minutes of abs and we were going to the gym like five days a week and we got, got strong and we got fit um and felt great and obviously it played into that part of that exertion that i that i needed as well and um you know that was really the 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 real starting point to my like consistent training which you know that's 14 years ago now Mm. which is 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 crazy but obviously even before that there was a lot of sports and running exercise uh, into that too
0: did you like many young boys at that age want to get big and muscly
1: oh yeah i think a big part of that was like you know, having this chiseled body or being a certain size was more of a man's man. You know, and you and, 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 you know, people I used to follow and stuff on YouTube and social media, they walked with their shoulders back. They spoke quite confidently. You know, they look like they, they held the shit together a little bit more. And that was like (laughs) a, you know, like an aspiration that I was like, well, I, I want to be like that. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to feel more confident about myself, especially like, even senior even though all that stuff went on in primary school senior school was still a challenge for me uh, academically and I probably wasn't the most confident I used to walk around with my arms folded like this all the time and my my the head teacher at the school actually told me because I used to cross my legs and cross my arms and she's like you uh she's like chill out Jamie like talk to me like open up and she's like this is a sign of like you know the fence closing up so there probably was a lot of that and, you know, training and getting in better shape and feeling more confident and feeling more capable and, and strong, you know, probably played a a big part in just my confidence growing up uh, as a as a young lad. So, yeah.
0: And what did you do then? Because obviously, like, you coach women who mm-hmm. want to go through a transformation mm-hmm. and some people might look at you and go, oh, it's easy for you. But you had your own transformation story as well. You've gone through a lot of the same things that the people you and your team coach women that they've done. Yeah. I want you to talk about some of the mad shit that you've done over the years (laughs) to get results.
1: Some of the really mad shit, you know, back then, um there just wasn't that much information out there. So, you know, you got a lot of your your information off your gym bros, which was, you know, chicken and rice and vegetables and you gotta eat brown rice and it's gotta be clean and it's got to be good carbs, and not bad carbs. You did know, you
0: ever you... drink egg whites?
1: I did. I'd watch, I'd watch Rocky. Hey, who, who, hadn't, who hasn't drank eggs if they've not watched Rocky? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I used to eat like that and then like I'd uh, I'll eat like a bowl of pasta and cheese because it's got loads of calories in before the gym. So you used to eat like giant bowls of pasta and, you know, I was very active. So like trying to gain weight and get a lot of calories in was difficult. And yeah, so I, I went down the, the route of like, want to be in great shape and i got probably very obsessed with just being in great shape and that being meaning a lot and and I, I thought i was willing to go to any extreme so you know i started eating you know very clean like i would eat for breakfast it would be uh, boiled eggs but i'd just eat the egg whites and you know that then uh, i'd eat porridge with water and just like uh. cinnamon cinnamon you know it was like very dry bland plain food. Uh, like lunches were like sweet potato and cans of tuna, but with just pepper on. So it was so dry. I used to have to drink like two two glasses of water um, with it. Uh, you know, ev- everything was just dry and bland and what I thought was clean and what was needed. And I did get in good shape. I was I was very lean. I got very ripped off, off, off doing this, but God, it was like, it, it got hellish. You know, like I would, I got to the point where I cut out caffeine. So I started drinking i started drinking decaf then i found decaf had caffeine in it so i cooked decaf out and i had uh, this tea bags called red bush Mm -hmm. i used to put the tea bags in my glove compartment in my car and if i went to someone else's house i'd take my own tea bags in. i'd take my own food everywhere um and even when i started going on nights out and drinking it went from you know beer to vodka, diet coke to vodka um black currants and water you know so it was just yeah but it was just like that had the fewest amount of calories in it you know so that's that's that these were the the lengths that i would take it um and you know it it just got hot i I just lost so much of my social life social interactions around food and drink and uh, i think i did get to like a breaking point where i was just like god is this is this really what it takes to keep this up i feel knackered i'm deflated um you know i can't enjoy food with other people i'm just so strict about everything and um you know and then next minute you know i seeing like this guy called lex griffin and he's like posting about eating pop tarts and he's he's in like the, he's like one of the best physiques i'd seen at that point i was like how is this guy eating like pop tarts and Buttered toast and you know just like all these, the m- yeah. It's like, I was like, "How dare, how, how, how dare you?"
0: I'm like, eating porridge with water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, about porridge, there was one time where I think someone said about making egg whites porridge and, and cinnamon, and um, I thought, <gasps> I, yeah, uh,
0: yeah.
1: I, so I put it in, and he said he put it in the microwave. So I put it in the microwave and. Apparently you meant to take it out every 20 seconds and mix it so right. the egg doesn't bond. But I didn't know that. Yeah. So oh I God. put it in the microwave. I put it in it on, come down, and it's all like as you can imagine, eggs half. It's basically bombed.
0: scrambled egg with porridge.
1: But worse, but it was worse. a bit it was a bit like runny still. So and then I put cinnamon on top and my mum walks in, I'm eating this and as I'm eating it, I'm going, Ugh. I'm balking. <laughs> but I'm like, this is these were the lengths I was willing to go. I was willing to say, you know, like I, this is the type of stuff I've got to eat because that's what this gym bro eats. So that's what I need to eat because that's what I need to do to get in better shape. So it was, it was, it was extreme. My mom was looking at me like, you are just crazy. Um, you know, so I, I'm like 16, 17. So yeah, anyway, I see this guy, I see this Lex Griffin, he's talking about flexible dieting. I think it was more labeled if it fits your macros back mm-hmm. then. And, uh, you know, eating all these great foods and pop darts. So anyway, I thought, look, I was like, this is, this is getting... Too far for me now. You know, I want to enjoy a little bit more of my life and my food and my nutrition. So I go down, I drive down to Manchester and actually meet him. And um he does me a, a training plan, you know, for for workouts. But he also sat down with me and explained, you know, the the principles of uh, if it fits your macros and tracking calories and tracking macros, and you know how you can factor in a, a little bit of what you love and that type of stuff. And I was just blown away by it because i would never really looked at food in this way before about counting calories and especially about the like count of macros and the way i could factor in a little bit of this
0: and for anybody who's listening who might not understand what that means mm-hmm. can you explain that what are macros
1: so macros are short for macronutrients which are your protein carbs and fats and they are what make up calories so mm-hmm. calories are always broken down into protein carbs and fats your protein and carbs are one gram is four calories and fat one gram is nine calories so anytime you look at say two thousand calories of food that'll be a breakdown of protein carbs and fats Mm -hmm. which then add up to your calories also right and then there's all there's there's like formulas that you can do that can give you like optimal splits you know for you so whether whether how much protein you need to each each day or how much fat or how much carbs or whatever it is or whether you've got like a you prefer to have a higher fat diet there's ways of manipulating the 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 figures to to fit to the type of diet that you want a little bit more
0: and so you you learn this, you mm. realise that you can eat Pop-Tarts and things. Yep. What did you start off factoring into your own diet after eating horrible egg, white, porridge, cinnamon weirdness? Like
1: everything. <laughs> 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 uh, pizza bars of chocolate like i remember especially when i was walking in the gym once with a mcdonald's and people were like you shouldn't be eating that and i was <laughs> like yeah i can fit my macros <laughs> i'll eat what i want <laughs> you know what i mean your mom uh, must
0: have been like oh my god who even are you
1: yeah it was a huge shock you know and and, and i'm just like yeah fits my macros fits my macro you know like i just couldn't stop saying that for for ages but it was um you know it was great it was such a relief to just be like oh my god i can actually get in great shape and stay in great shape but enjoy my diet more. Now, I think where if it fits your macros and flexible diet and gets a bad rap is people think it's all, you know-
0: Yeah, uh, crap food. All cra- yeah, yeah. You, know,
1: you know, and you could literally look at it and be like, well, actually a balanced meal, if you just track your macros, could be a chicken breast, a can of full fat Coke, which is just with sugar, and mayonnaise. You got your fats in your mayo, you got your protein in and your, and your chicken, <laughs> and you got your carbs in your can of Coke. That in essence is a balanced macronutrient meal. But it's there's no micronutrients in it. It's not nutrient dense at all. It's not as people would say, "quote unquote," healthy. Mm-hmm. But you could eat meals like that. You could eat McDonald's every day, and you could be shredded. You could be in the best shape of your life. But it's not just about how you physically look. You know, there's also what's going on inside as well. And in uh, you know,
0: and sustainability as well, which is a massive part of what you teach. Of but course, gotta be able to do it forever.
1: Yeah, and if you eat, if you them calorie dense meals all the time or mcdonald's all the time you know you're gonna you are gonna eat up a lot of your calories quite quickly so you're gonna find yourself feeling a lot uh, very hungry mm-hmm. <laughs> basically but it's it's just like it was kind of breaking the mold of like oh this is a you know it's what did he call it when you you throw a spanner in the works and you just this has always been the narrative for so long and then so you were enough.
0: like a trailblazer mm-hmm. and um you were like disrupting. You were was, a disruptor. It was, it was, That's it... what you were. You were a disruptor. <laughs> and you did yeah. that in the gym as well. You ended up becoming a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people who was coached by you yep. and couldn't believe that you were telling. I'll never forget a moment where you, you sat me down and one of our sessions was in the cafe of the gym, mm-hmm. which at the time was a bit weird because what we're going to have a session in the cafe but i've i've paid for the hour mm-hmm. You're supposed to put me on the cross trainer for ten minutes, and,
1: yeah. <laughs> and then we do this. We do some abs, some yeah. stretches at yeah, the yeah. end.
0: But that was really valuable. You taught me about food, and I'll mm. never forget you saying to me, "So you can go and have some Haribo now, yeah. if you want to." Which for our American listeners, candy. I don't know if you have Haribo in America. And Je- that was jelly like sweets. jelly sweets. Yeah. And that was like absolutely mind blowing for yeah. me because here you were telling me that I could go and have the stuff that I'd always been told at slimming clubs was a sin, mm-hmm. or was too many points, mm-hmm. or banned, or on the ban list and you developed the nickname at the gym
1: of macros, macros. yes <laughs>
0: everybody just knew you as macros yeah. yeah and you did end up with a massive client base
1: because I, I for me that was such a revelation i'd gone from all this hair and pain and sacrifice and just deflation to just being feeling like i had my life back with more flexibility with my nutrition so you know First, I educated my sisters about it and my mum. <laughs> uh, what got, was that like? <laughs> it was hard at first, you know, because yeah. they just the people like you don't listen to your probably your close friends and family mm. the most. They're probably the people you, yeah, you know, what you just don't do, you know, normally no, when you when, rebel when, against it, yeah, yeah, naturally. yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just harped on about it for so long, they were just like, hmm, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Uh, and they all my sisters have managed to get in absolutely fantastic shape. I my mom managed to lose like two and a half stone and started going to gym more and it's got more flexibility with her diet and manages the calories really well. Um, you know, I think she's got in the best shape in the, probably in the last twenty five years. She's managed to get in the best shape following this. You know, mm-hmm. so it it took it took her time, but she was okay with that. Um, which was, again, it's just amazing to see that you could have that impact. But for me, it was like happened with me, a couple of close friends, then my sisters and family, then I started you know pushing this onto my clients. Um, And the reason I got the name macros was because I didn't shut up about it because I was (laughs) like, everyone needs to know this. You know what I mean? It was every time I sat down and had a consultation with a new client, you know, they thought they were just coming in to get PT. And then I'd spend that consultation basically talking all about calories, nutrition, macros. You're going to get on my fitness pal. I'm going to set you this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you through this. You're going to be able to eat the foods you enjoy. You're going to be able to build a diet that with foods you like. We're just going to make it fit these numbers. And, you know, and this is unheard of you know what i mean unheard especially then we're going back we're going back a while we're going back you know before if it fits your macros a flexible item was really that much of a thing so you know not only was i getting clients amazing results but they were feeling like they could sustain it you know they're going into work and their colleagues and friends are like aren't oh, you on a diet why have you got a bar of chocolate with your lunch and they're like it's my macros <laughs> you know what I mean I was just like, I can. yeah you know but them having that support off me you know being able to drop me a message and be like oh all my colleagues are saying i shouldn't be doing this you know my response would always be like are they in great shape themselves and they'd be like no i'm like you probably shouldn't listen to them <laughs> <I> <laughs> which mean, is a
0: very good piece of advice actually yeah. in general
1: yeah and then sometimes people would be in good shape you know they would be in really good shape and i'm like have they got anyone else in good shape who looks like you and they're like no i'm like you probably shouldn't listen to them you know because <laughs> it, 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 a lot of people can get in good shape themselves but still don't know how to get other people in, in, in good shape. And I think you should always, anytime you're hiring a coach or a trainer, you should do your homework. This is your health at the end of the day. You should go and do your due ju- diligence on that person and actually understand, have they been able to get people that look like you results before? Um, or if who
0: you, have a lifestyle like you. That's an exactly important
1: point. For sure. Yeah. yeah you know, if you want to eat chicken and rice and drink egg whites or... <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, if that If that's something that you feel like you want to go to, by all means but if you want to be able to enjoy a little bit of what you love from time to time and, and see yourself you know doing something sustainably long term then yeah
0: go for it <laughs> go for it so you get maxed out on clients mm-hmm. everybody's loving what you're able to offer support wise mm-hmm. you mentioned in our last episode with Jim that you would start giving people accountability and check-ins mm-hmm. and so you you were basically doing a bit of the online coaching as an upsell to your one-to-one personal training.
1: Definitely. And it, then it did allow me to charge quite a bit more than, yeah. than other trainers because it was I was at um for, for me I'm always like what's what, what are the best people in the world doing? Right. I want to go and see what they're doing. It's not necessarily that I'm going to copy everything that they're doing, but I'm going to learn from them. Mm. And all these, you know, top bodybuilding coaches or just top coaches were doing check-ins and weekly check-ins and keep people keep keeping people accountable. Um, more so, you know, more so than just the one hour a session a week or the two hours of sessions a week. So I used to download WhatsApp web, you know, I think it's a lot more used now, but maybe not back then. And I used to write out like a little fitness tip or nutrition tip every week. And I'd send out these like five, six questions and I'd copy paste that manually every Sunday to my clients for them to fill out and send back to me on Monday morning. Um... You know, and I used to get replies like, oh, we didn't know that. You know, so it was just giving that extra bit of value on the tips and then they were answering questions and I was able to give them some feedback. I would look over them, my fitness pal on my on my phone because I could add them as a friend, be able to look into their nutrition and just, you know, it was just offering that next tier of a, of a service. Um, but even when I would, you know, go away for on a holiday for a week or two, I would still have my clients do this check-in process and I'd spend, you know, my Monday morning answering them all back and giving them feedback. You know, and they were still getting results. They were still going to the gym without me. They were still, you know, checking in and mm. tracking the food. But they had that accountability that they knew this check-in was going to come each week and they could message me throughout the week. You know, I get like a, a sweaty selfie. I've been in the gym without you. Yeah. Like, Don't worry. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, great, you know, giving them loads of encouragement. But it was, it was, it was, you know, that was almost like part of some sort of the model that I, I thought, like, hey, I could take this, I could take this online.
0: Because there must have been a lot of job satisfaction in that as well. Because you see, don't you, a lot of PTs just, and you were talking in the last episode, you know, you were maxed out doing back-to-back hours and hours mm-hmm. of PT. And if you're not offering that extra support with clients in between sessions, people can exercise till the cows come home, but if they're not doing the nutrition right, the results are a bit futile. And that must be hard as a personal trainer to train somebody just with their exercise, but them not get the results that you know they're capable of.
1: Yeah. Yeah you know for some personal trainers they just want to show up do a great session and go home and if that's the level of service they want to offer that's fine for me i wanted transformation and i knew it took more than just the training you know i would i'd kick people's ass asses in the training sessions you know we'd really work on the form we'd get them strong you know i push a lot of these women to do more than they ever thought they could which was super empowering for them to feel that strong and physically fit but then the nutrition side of it was just was just the game changer and that allowed them to see the you know, the physical changes in the body um, at the rate that they wanted uh, that much faster. And you know, it was uh, it was just always so interesting that like there's so many of their friends and family and colleagues would just be asking them, what are you doing? What are you mm. doing? How are you eating that much food? Especially when I got clients to the goal and they were on maintenance, I had clients eating 2,200 calories a day. And I've got some of my female clients eating larger lunches than all the guys. And they're like, wow. how are you that? small or how do you look like that and you're eating this amount of food like if fits my calories so it was just <laughs> it, i just kept getting this feedback and i was like i've got to keep harping on about this i've got to keep you know telling people because it's 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 it just seemed to be a big unlock and one thing that really sat home for me was one of my clients that started on new year's eve and um you know she'd done lots of fad diets over the years and everyone else in her office had started a fad diet on new year's as they do and she's going to me in week one, you know, I think she lost like two pounds and like she's like, everyone's lost like six, seven pounds. And then week two, she's lost like one or two pounds. She's like, Jamie, these are all losing so much weight faster than me, I'm feeling really demot- demotivated. I'm like, stay consistent, You know, keep showing up, look, we're, we're still progressing. Week three, they've lost not as much weight, but she still keeps talking about all her colleagues are on a diet and doing really well. Week four, so end of January. All these people have now fallen back off. Oh, I've given up. You know, <laughs> you've had a you've had a had a pizza and gained seven pounds overnight and that mm. type of stuff. And she was still showing up. And then you know, month two, still showing up, still losing one to two pounds a week. Month three, still showing up, losing one to two pounds a week. And it gets to month three, and previously she's going, I want to do what the what, what they're all doing because they've all lost so much weight in the first three weeks. And now we're three months in, and it's still going consistent. She's still seeing results. She's still getting. Uh, still moving the needle and now they're all asking "Hey, what is that calorie (laughs) macro thing you're doing you know how are you eating a bar of chocolate and 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 doing this so you know for me it was all just that feedback of like like this works and this 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 really does work you've missed
0: a massive part of that story if you're talking about anna i am talking about right so tell our awesome listeners Mm -hmm. what happened by new year's eve the next year a full year later
1: so anna Uh, signed up with me on new year's eve which i I, I already liked this because she was like i want to get ahead of everyone else so started the day (laughs) early and i was like i like that Uh, so we started and um you know anna went through a a huge transformation over the course of the year she lost 96 pounds um she'd not really run before but once we got about six months in she was like i want to start running so we used to go run with her on our training sessions uh then i went to I think I went to America. Yeah, I went to America for like three weeks and come back. And then we and her ran a tunnel ten k together. Yeah, because uh, I wanted wanted to do that uh, with her, which was great. And she she never even ran, you know, ten k uh, prior to this, which was amazing. Um, and then yeah, in in a year lost ninety six pounds, which was unbelievable. But the main reason that that Anna signed up was she needed to lose weight before she even actually qualified for IVF.
0: Which is fertility treatment. Yeah. yeah. And, uh,
1: and she had uh, PCOS, you know, polycystic ovaries, which can make, um, getting pregnant even, even harder. Um, so she, her main why for signing up and training was she wanted to lose weight to get IVF to have a child. So a year goes on. I um, she's loses all this weight. We get into February. I think it was of the, the year after. And, um, she's not lost any weight for like eight weeks. And, uh, there have been a few clients that, and you know, you obviously don't want to say to someone like you're pregnant or <laughs> well, you might be pregnant, <laughs> you know, but I just, a relationship I love for my clients, I could speak to them a little bit more openly and she's not lost any weight for like three or four weeks. And I'm going, are you sure you're not, you're not pregnant? Like is, is the no chance? And she's like, there's no chance Jamie. I, I
0: because <laughs> i can't get pregnant because yeah. that's what she said to herself yeah, yeah.
1: and and she uh, you know and she's just being like no, no no, anyway we get like eight like i think about six weeks have gone i've uh, gone by of not losing weight and i come in and uh bless her she's on the she's on the bike and i go over to her like after me session and she just looks at me and just starts crying <laughs> um, and i was like what's up and she's like you were right i'm pregnant <laughs> um, without fertility
0: treatment without fertility
1: yeah. treatment and um yeah she went on to have a, a beautiful baby boy called oscar she trained right through her pregnancy uh, and she's actually pregnant with a second child Aww. now, which has been amazing. I got a lovely message off her husband. Um and yeah, uh, I went you know I've, I've met Oscar a couple of times, but yeah, amazing. no, that was yeah, Body got Smart Baby. A body smart baby. I bet you've had a few of them, haven't you? It's not been, yours. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope not. <laughs> um but yeah, there's there's been there's been a lot, actually. Yeah. Do you know
0: what? This podcast is all about you. So I'm gonna ask, would you like children in the future?
1: Um Yes, I would definitely like children yeah. in the future. I know yeah, Steph yeah. would
0: probably have one now, but...
1: Mm, no, mm. I think she wants to actually become a qualified pharmacist first. Well, she, yes, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so she wants that. to get married first. She does. She does. She does. She does. Yeah. One day. We'll see. Oh, but look I, at
0: that. Moving swiftly on.
1: <laughs> yeah. She wants She wants three kids. I would have been happy with two, but she's like, no, two's too normal. So three's... So threes okay. are both big
0: families though, aren't We're you?
1: both one or four, but she's like oh. four is too many because then you don't fit in a car. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's that's, that's it ration, that's it that's what she says if Falls is too many then you don't fit in the car
0: oh brilliant she's yeah. so practical I love it brilliant brilliant yeah, yeah. so moving going back just a little bit mm-hmm. um, we touched on it in our, in our first episode the birth of Body Smart mm-hmm. you've got to this point you're training people you get amazing results awesome stories you're giving them extra and you're going to go online but of course yeah. there was that massive transition period which went on for a long time of still mm-hmm doing the one-to-one personal training mm-hmm. and the online coaching. Yeah. How long did that go on for?
1: Three three years. I worked mm. probably doing personal training and worked on Body Smart at the same time. Um, and, you know, that not only took a lot of my personal finances, putting it in, testing marketing, testing ads, testing working with coaches, um, obviously just working on that alongside it to build out, you know, the framework of like how we're going to coach how we're going to market because i think for us when we were going to build this app when when we went to launch it i just thought oh we'll just build this great app and this great product and then people just sign up because we've got a great <laughs> app and product and i was like oh wait nobody knows other than the, yeah. the clients and friends and family that you know knew about you and spoke about you no one else really knew about you you know what i mean so it was it was a weird one you know and it was a big huge learning curve i was like right, best. Uh, Go on YouTube and type in "how to market." <laughs> <laughs> who who is my ideal client? Hey, who is <laughs> your
0: ideal client?
1: um Our ideal client we call Amanda, mm-hmm. who's a 32 year old woman who's a busy professional. She might have kids, she might not. Uh, we're not, we're not, we're not too fancy on that. She likes gin. She likes coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she likes a cocktail. Oh, <laughs> um yeah. I'm trying to think of all the other things that we've got down. We've got a we've got a good, good list. We've got an idea yeah. of of who our ideal client is and who we want to work with. Obviously, there's some.
0: She's been stuck for a while, hasn't she? With a diets and she's fitness. been
1: stuck probably for about ten to fifteen years, wow. if not longer, and gone yeah. on many yo-yo cycles, and is honestly probably feels like she's got a lot of. Other parts of a life in check, maybe careers in a great place, you know, might have a partner, might not, but that feels like it's in a good place. But for some reason, just this health, fitness, and nutrition, we're just not being able to to grab the ball by the horns and really know how to navigate this. And it's highly, highly frustrating because, you know, a diet isn't something that you ever get to stop. It's something that you're doing all the time. Yeah. And, and because of that, you know, you can't necessarily just give up on it. And for, for just how much your body, how much, your body's amazing the body's the greatest instrument you'll ever own and obviously looking after it nourishing it training you know, feeling good looking good plays a huge part into just the overall quality of your life and you know these ladies that we speak to know that and they know they want more but they just haven't been able to figure it out Mm -hmm. so you know we we offer that solution you know we really do and it's it's you know people coming in at all different starting points whether they're beginners with training or advanced or whether they've Tried a hundred diets of, or tried a handful. Most women actually have tried a lot of diets. Do you it's know
0: there was a study done, and it was in the Independent, which is a newspaper here in the UK. Mm-hmm. On average, people do 126 fad diets in their
1: lifetime. It's insane, and you can only imagine what that does for your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself, like self self trust that that voice in your head where you say I'm going to do something. And then when you do it and are not able to follow through, your word, not to anyone else, but to yourself—starts to mean less and less and less, and that is a, a dangerous place to be. But unfortunately, a lot of these diets have just set people up to fail, and they start looking inwardly and blaming themselves and saying, "This—it's me. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's my fault. I'm—I'm the, I'm the reason that I can't—you know—get into get into great shape or feel great or look great." And because they've tried and they all go into this this new fad or this new diet and it's it's guns blazing. It's, I'm going to do this. This is going to be the time. I'm going to make it happen. And then you get two, three weeks in, you feel awful. You're tired. starving. You're tired. Yeah, you're hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you're just, you're not, you're in such a low place and your physiology is just like, you know, for some women, you lose the periods because you have been on that many yo-yo diets and you just feel awful and it's just, you eventually give, you cave and i don't blame them it's mm. it, it and, and it's because they believe it should be that hard and you know the weirdest thing is um i remember the first time this happened it was with lorraine i think you know lorraine yeah, yeah. and um lorraine's you know working with me online and uh, she's getting great results I think she's like eight weeks in maybe lost about 15 pounds and um she's eating all like foods that she loves tracking her calories tracking her macros she's doing great and she's like you know she's like jamie it, it should be harder than this and i'm like <laughs> i'm like why should it and she's like it it just should be it needs to be harder than this i'm like wait so you're losing weight which is what you want you're enjoying your diet which is what you want and you're getting great results which is what you want and you're telling me you want it to be harder it should be harder she was almost getting a sense of she's not doing enough mm-hmm. or guilt because it didn't feel as hard as every other diet had prior to that and it's not that it won't have its moments, but it was it was weird. It was almost like she was like rebelling against me because the last 20 years of dieting have been this certain way. So the fact that this felt more comfortable, she felt like she wasn't trying hard enough, even mm. though she was getting results. And I was like, mind blown by this. Um, and then I seen that pattern happen again and again and again. And it was, it was weird, you know what I mean? It was weird, but it, it makes sense. It's, um, you know, you've got 20 years of something being a certain way. And then when it gets f- flipped on its head and it's going another way and it feels more comfortable and, and you're able to to make this happen, it is. It's it's foreign, um, mm. but that's but it needs to be because that way didn't work clearly.
0: So moving on before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. What are your goals for the future? Because you've already, I know you talked about this in the first episode. It was mm-hmm. a lot of grit for you and Jim to build mm-hmm. Body Smart, but you've got to this position with an awesome team all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, half a million followers on social media, on just Instagram alone. Yep. Everything's cool. You're helping hundreds, thousands of women mm-hmm. all over the world every single year. What's next? Personal and professional. Go on.
1: You know what? <laughs> for me it's always just been more but it, that can obviously not save me at times we want to build the team out a little bit more we want to get a slightly bigger team and really just you know we we invest so much back into our coaches with new courses we have a book club uh, and yeah, we
0: tell our listeners about that because i love this i think it's great
1: so we pay our we pay our coaches to be a part of a book club so we actually pay them so they'll read so we'll pick a book each month and we'll We'll, we'll make sure that they put in their diary each week time to go and read this book and then we'll discuss the chapters on that book in a in a group whatsapp chat and a lot of the, the books are either like you know stacy's picked them or um,
0: stacy is your head coach stacy's
1: our head coach at the fulfillment or maybe one of the coaches have and you know you know we'll do books like a motivational interview and then we'll talk about hey how could we use that chapter with a client so it's just that's the great part about having a coaching team is that everyone's always looking to get better everyone's got this growth mindset and then we're giving them the space and capacity and time to favor their education you know read books you know do more courses we'll pay for the courses we invest back into the team so heavily because we just we just want to be better you know we get people amazing results but we want to get them better results we want to do it in a shorter space of time and we want to just keep improving across the board and we will and it's just it never ends it does never end and um and that's 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 actually, you know, every day is a school school day. And I think the second you stop thinking like that, it's it's not a good place. But I can tell our team doesn't think like that. They always want to get better. So, you know, the team improvement always, that's always gonna be a goal goal of ours. Um maybe getting a slightly bigger team, you know, being able to coach more people. And and I think we, you know, I wanna get to a place where maybe we can offer something to the market that's maybe not as bespoke and tailored as we have now, but it's just a way where we can give, you know, evidence-based, um, e- really evidence-based coaching, um, nutrition, a level of accountability that might work for that person who's able to like self-monitor really well. Mm. Um, and honestly, it's just got a lot in there about that mindset and attitude that people need to, need to create and, and just see if we can we can give it a go. It, it's been obviously very different than we've always worked on a one-to-one basis. But, you know, unless we wanted to have a coaching team of like a hundred coaches and uh, and not to say that that might not never happen mm-hmm. um but you know that is a route that we want to go down so
0: what having 100 coaches or not n-
1: not in the not in the foreseeable there's a lot of management that has to go and start it takes and, and one thing that we've always wanted to pride ourselves on be is like i think sometimes when you see companies scale up really fast they lose the quality of the service and we're too integral for that to happen. We we want to monitor things closely. We want to make sure that our coaches are given the best service that they can, that the team is given the best service that we can. And we're okay with it being taken longer. So mm-hmm. we, we keep that integral part of quality. So um, not that we might never go to like a much, much bigger coaching team. We might, because you never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I just want to make sure that we're able to just, you know, we get, honestly, we get DMs every day of people saying, your content's changed my life, my mm-hmm. life. And it's 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 insane to hear that. And, you know, we get that just off the content and I feel like we can get to a bigger stage. We can get to there with maybe a, a course, with YouTube, maybe with some public speaking. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just know we want to do more and we want to impact more people. And we really just want to be recognized as 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 one of the best out there for, you know, reputable science-backed, evidence-based, you know, hard-hitting information that people need to hear and um and we just want to keep serving serving as many people as we can
0: awesome on a personal level then mm-hmm. what are the goals personally the ones that you yeah. want to reveal because i know there'll probably be some that
1: okay yeah I, um on. personally you know i've one of the main reasons start an online business was to travel so mm-hmm. you know and that's obviously being out the window and also i've not been able to do that because my girlfriend's being, uh studying you know so we we did which it's crazy to have like four and a half more four and a half months between terms and university <laughs> i'm just like what, what do a you waste of
0: time <laughs> yeah
1: so but we made the most of that we went to america for three months and and done a lot of traveling uh, around there but um when she finishes she does come uh, she will be qualified this year but then next year we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pack our bags and go for, where for are you gonna go? i don't know we're just where do you want to go Everywhere. <laughs> I'm Anywhere
0: not, like off the top of your head that you really want to see?
1: No, no you know, like no. I literally want to do like all of Australia, all of South America, Canada, just uh, Africa, ev- like literally just everywhere, everywhere I can. I want to, and, and, and you know, yeah. So traveling is a huge, huge personal goal of mine. It's every, anytime I've gone to a new place or a new location, I've always come back with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in the same place for too long, you do you just get too set in your ways and it's 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 nice to just go and watch people <laughs> you know, just, yeah. it is i would
0: also recommend so i did seven months around the world with my husband as a honeymoon mm-hmm. seven month honeymoon nice but we did that before we had our son mm-hmm. and i'm so glad we did it before we had him
1: yeah no, oh said like, before, just kids.
0: brilliant yeah. <laughs> i don't feel like i've, I've missed out or yeah, yeah. i've done it
1: we've done mm-hmm. it now yeah. it's
0: great and i would love to do it again mm-hmm. with yeah. my son but yeah fab yeah,
1: so that, yeah, uh, traveling on a personal goal. And then uh, honestly, a uh, business goal is, is going to be to keep growing the team, keep improving the team. But I want to get the team on holiday together. Yes. Uh, so I want to I wanna make sure that we can do like two or three trips a year where we bring all the teams together, pay for it all, fly everyone in, have a huge villa and just holiday. get-
0: Holiday, yeah,
1: Just to get to meet the whole team. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. And then the next one on that as well would be uh, a retreat, some oh. sort of retreat. Yeah. You know, we've got- we've got so many coaches you've got so many amazing different backgrounds from you know stacy with her yoga and just there's just everyone's got like a unique a unique part they could bring to we've the got team lots of
0: talent so much talent
1: yeah. and uh just to do an amazing retreat for i don't know how long don't know where don't know how but we will i, I want to make that happen and we will make that happen so um you know that'll be that'll be pretty ace
0: amazing yeah so if people are listening to this, they've liked the cut of your jib. I don't know if that phrase translates. The,
1: the cut, cut of your jib. Yeah. I don't even know if I've heard oh, no. Have
0: you not? Have you never no. heard that before? It means, <laughs> um, it means they like your banter, the way you talk. Oh, great. The cut of your jib. Never well, heard maybe. that. No, no. Well, if anybody's listening and you think, yeah, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about and they might be interested in coaching, mm-hmm. where's the best place to find more about you?
1: so you can go over to bodysmartfitness.com um, and that's our website you can check out lots of stuff there you can go over to our Instagram which is at bodysmartfitness Facebook which is bodysmartfitness and you can go over to our Twitter now which is also bodysmartfitness and YouTube forward slash bodysmartfitness um, which we should have a good few pieces of content out on YouTube by this point by the time this has gone live so lots of places do get in touch do follow us uh, do drop us a message and um, lots of value-driven content some entertainment me wearing a blonde wig sometimes <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
0: and being naked on the toilet
1: <laughs> exactly why wouldn't you want to follow oh, look at that we've gone full circle <laughs> <laughs> there we go yeah. <laughs>